0: If this music means anything to any of you, you know that Todd and I are about to talk about Ernst Lubitsch's 1942 film, To Be or Not to Be. Or maybe you knew that because you looked at the episode description and saw the title. Either way, this episode acts as a companion piece to our first episode on theories of comedy. We also take a look at what Lubitsch is able to do with the notion of authenticity and the copy showing how the corrupted copy can actually reveal something about the original that we otherwise are not able to see. Get excited for the conversation. Hope you enjoy it. All right, I've hit record. We are recording. Okay. Okay. All right. Today on Why Theory, we're here to do something a little bit different. And uh, in a companion piece to our first episode, which was on comedy, we're going to talk about the greatest comedy of all time, uh, To Be or Not To Be, uh, by Ernst Lubitsch. I say by because he was the director. Uh, This stars Carol Lombard and Jack Benny in a film that Jack Benny said is is the only good film he was ever in, the only film that he felt good about. Uh, Being in, And even when he was uh, doing it, he didn't feel good about it. So that's kind of uh, saying something. He was a nervous wreck, apparently, during most of it. But anyway, uh, before I continue on my own soliloquy, uh Todd, how are you? Hi, Ryan. (laughs) Um, Yes. And so uh, just why, before we get into a plot summary, because I don't, I think of the films that are generally considered to be the greatest comedies, uh, you know, Strange Love, uh, Some Like It Hot, or... You know, or Tootsie or something. Great Dictator. Great maybe. Dictator. I think this is probably the least seen. I think that's probably fair to I say. I think that's
1: fair to say. In fact, I think it's not usually included on, like, if people, someone said the top 10 comedies of all time, mm. I don't think it's often on that list.
0: Yeah. Which is
1: interesting. I mean, it's interesting why that it would be. I mean, maybe we could talk about that yeah, later. But. Definitely.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, um, some of the, the, before I'm going to summarize the plot and we're going to talk about like important things, uh, as we go along. Uh, but the overarching, I think like, uh, the, the big, the big thing, if you will, about this as a comedy, what makes it, uh, the, the greatest is that comedies. And I think we talked about this a little bit in the, um, in the comedy podcast, but comedies have a tendency to, um, you know, stop being comic or when, like, serious drama is is introduced, and I I tend to think of um, Judd Apatow movies, like, uh, you know, something like Knocked Up or The 40-Year-Old Virgin, it's like an hour into the movie, 40 minutes to an hour into the movie, after it's been all fun and games, there has to be this very serious thing happen, and then it's not funny for a while, and then the situation changes to another comic one, and it's funny again. But that seriousness is not used to... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like to. Uh, it's not
1: integral to the comedy. It's not
0: integral to the comedy. Yeah, exactly. It's the thing that you have to get through for it to be funny right. again. Um, and to be or not to be, like Strange Love, more or less begins with the worst thing imaginable. And th- from there, that is th- the thing that sanctions the comedy throughout the rest of the movie.
1: Right. It's crucial to it. And it's interesting that there's probably... 20-25 minute sequence where there is not a single joke like it is and it's different than *Strangelove* love in that sense because yeah. dr Strangelove*, uh there's almost a not a minute that's not doesn't have a joke in it even though it has this great serious you mm. know nuclear and war end of the world topic um but there's a good 25 minutes that's not funny at all and yet it's as you were saying about the contrasting with the apatow film it's nonetheless integral to our ability to laugh at what comes next. Cause yeah, we have to absolutely. think something really big is at stake or yeah, yeah. Th- the things just wouldn't be funny. Yes. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. The d- yeah. So I'm going to get into the plot and uh, we'll talk about that, um, that section sure. when it comes up. So, okay. If you haven't seen the movie or even if you have, and you'd like a, uh, a reminder that, uh, so the, the film begins in Poland. Okay. And it's before the 1939 invasion by Nazi Germany. And, uh, how the film starts is sort of like a like newsreel footage. Is we we hear this like you know like mi- like Mister announcer man like look at Adolf Hitler and Nazi you know he's in Poland what's he doing you know like something like that right right and he yeah. tells you like you know Adolf Hitler in the center of Warsaw like like you know like like what like what could possibly you know be happening and you. You take this to be you take this to be serious that Hitler is in the middle of Poland and 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 if you're watching this and you think it's a comedy you're like there's how how is this gonna end up being funny, and you don't it's okay so we pull back to see how we got to that moment, and how we got to that moment is uh, we finally see um uh, we see Jack Benny who's wearing um. a uh, a Gestapo uh, uniform. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but when right at this moment, right in the beginning of the movie, uh, Jack Benny's dad left the, the premiere that, that he's, yeah, he said, because he said like my, he said, my son is in a Nazi uniform. I am absolutely not watching this. And so he had to go out He had to convince him. He had to tell him that it's satire, that it's, and then he said, and then he would watch the rest of the movie because as I say, you don't know this is a joke, and so you're watching these uh, Nazi officers like interact with each other, and it's not until who you take to be Hitler comes into the in, into the room, and everybody says Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, and then what does Hitler say, Todd?
1: Heil myself.
0: Heil myself. It's not until he yeah. says, <laughs> not until he says Heil myself, that it, there's a there's a you there's a cut, and you hear the director say, Cut, stop it. Like that's like. That's a joke. That's
1: when the comedy erupts. Yes. That's correct.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so that's when, and so you know that in the opening sequence, when you heard the, you know, the announcer man tell you that, you know, Adolf Hitler's in the center of, uh, of Warsaw, that it, it isn't really Hitler. It's this actor, but the reason why he's there is important and it's integral to the comedy. And it's one of the big issues that we wanted to talk about there. they get into an argument, the director and the actor, um, uh, Bronsky. Bronsky. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, Bronsky who is playing Hitler that he doesn't look enough like Hitler. And right, like the thing is he yeah. he says that like he's just Hitler's just a guy in a mustache. And right. the director points at this picture, this hung picture and says Hitler he he's not just a guy in the he has something else. He looks like that up there. And then Bronsky says, "But that's a picture of me." And right. and <laughs> the, the director says, "Well, that's wrong too." and so Bronski gets upset and he says I'm gonna go out and prove that I look like Hitler and so he walks the streets of Poland no I'm sorry of Warsaw and you know people stand and they they're they're just staring at him they can't believe hitler's there and then you know anyway um, then, well, then what happens what breaks this a little scene? girl
1: comes up to him and says can i have your autograph mr, mr. bronski yeah. <laughs> yeah and he's
0: and he's like so all too happy to oblige you know he's like And oh, then he yeah.
1: realizes that it totally it, it undermines his whole thing his whole right? thing
0: right. yeah yeah and right. so that's and then that cuts and you know okay so right we go back to the theater and uh that night, the company is performing Hamlet. Okay, with uh, Jack Benny as um, uh, Joseph uh, Joseph Torah. He's in the title role. He's Hamlet. Okay, right. and uh, we 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 start. I think pointedly, this is like important to bring up in the background with the character uh, of Greenberg and Bronski. They talk about being spear carriers. That all they do is carry a spear. They carry a spear right. in the beginning. They carry a spear in the end. And then. Uh, Greenberg talks about how it's he, always been his dream to to perform Shylock uh, from Merchant, and and he he goes into uh, Shylock's um, t- uh, is that is that a soliloquy? Is he speaking in soliloquy? That that's- yeah, I
1: don't know if he is or not, but I, no, I don't think so. I think it's not a Jew have no he it's te- you know, it's if te- they prick us, do we not bleed? Yeah. If we you know that's that, testimony,
0: that right? Doesn't he say that? In the- yeah, and I think it's testimony. It's I testimony. don't think it's a soliloquy. It's yeah. not a soliloquy. Okay, so yeah. Anyway, so that's that's sort of important to later. Anyway, um, so Maria, so we go backstage a little bit, and then and we see the Tura's um, uh, wife. Okay, and she's received flowers from a handsome young pilot named Sabinsky, and uh, she arranges to meet him, telling Sabinsky, okay, to come to her dressing room when. Uh, the actor playing Hamlet, her husband, begins his soliloquy, begins to be or not to be. Okay, so they can be sure that it's private because maybe he wouldn't. Because he, he'll have
1: to be on stage for a certain amount of time. Exactly,
0: right? and so then one
1: of the great, one of the great funny parts there is. Do you remember that that? Um, Tura is a little upset when he's given. Is this the first soliloquy where is, is first he? He doesn't begin right away, and then the prompter prompts him to be or yeah. not to be. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny, of course, because it, it's the most famous line in the history of Western <laughs> literature, so it couldn't really be forgotten.
0: Yeah, right. You know, the guy under the funny. stage prompting yeah, him. Yeah yeah.
1: yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, so, right, and then the, so we have that long kind of affair. And it happens repeatedly, right? Night after night after night.
0: Right, right. And so the, he so he begins, well, this is the, the thing that, that I think that's important, is that Chura starts to be or not to be, and this guy gets up. and He doesn't know who he, gets he is. He gets up and leaves. He gets right. up and leaves, and he's just tracking him with his eyes. And then it happens night after night, and, and he keeps getting louder and louder, you know, about to be or not to right. be, like every time. Like he wants the guy to stay, and um, right. all he cares about He's, he 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 goes backstage. He just misses seeing Sabinsky uh, talking to his wife, um, uh, and who is a, he? Who is in love with her? Like from, right. uh, you know whatever. Anyway, so he gets in. He says, "It finally happened, right?" He said, "Like I finally, someone finally walked out on me," and uh, and she says to make him, because she knows that she arranged it and it's causing her husband distress, and to make him feel better, she says, "Oh, you don't know. He could have been sick. He could be dead already." <laughs> and um and he says that like oh you're really such a you really think so like like that's like like that's such a comfort to me to, 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 to. <laughs> um yeah. so anyway the next time like the sort of the cresting moment that this happens is that um he does it again and he goes to see Sabinski goes to see uh Tura's wife and says that they're going to need to tell Tura about their love and that she's going to not like their their marriage can't get in the way etc cetera, etc cetera. And, uh, this is the moment that it's announced that, um, Germany has attacked Poland. Right. And it's in this moment that everyone has, has found out that they've, it's just been like a sneak attack that they were attacked without warning that Tura comes back into the dressing room and everyone is like crying because it's, it's at, they're at war and I think as the director says, it's a crime. And then like tourist says, yes, it should, he should be prosecuted. And then <laughs> like, what are you talking about? He says, that man leaving the theater is like, he's just, all, it's all about him. And like, and he, they could, couldn't care less about the fact that right. they're, they're at war. I mean, so anyway. Right. Um,
1: and then we have this long, this is the long, serious interlude. Yes. Where,
0: it begins here. Yeah.
1: Where we have these Polish, th- and the main part is right. These Polish officers are in London. mm mm-hmm. Uh, talking with this Professor Solitsky, who's a spy, mm-hmm. who's be- going ready to go back to Warsaw to, to denounce members of the underground, and he gets the, he gets the names of all the soldiers he's with, these Polish fighter pilots, mm. I think, right? The, mm-hmm. And he gets their names of their family members, so he's going to turn them into the Gestapo when he gets back to Warsaw, because... The British think he's a spy working for them, when in right. fact he's a double agent. Yes,
0: right, right. exactly, right. exactly. And
1: one of the one of the one of the one of the, Pi- the Polish pilots is. Szwedzki. Szwedzki. It's probably easier. It's
0: probably easier to call him Stanislav because it's close. Stanislav, right? Yeah, Yeah, well,
1: Sibitsky, yeah. yeah. But so, and he, and then so he follows Professor Solitsky, who is the spy. He follows him back to Warsaw, mm-hmm. to war in the underground there and try to, and try to kill Solitsky. Yes. And then, and then the, and then the, this brings us back to the comedy. Really.
0: Right. It brings us back to the comedy. Yeah. So it's a, it's a long, it, it's like, uh, it's important to, to, to set this up that there are real stakes in this movie that people, uh, that lives are at stake that these, uh, the, the, Health of all of these uh, fighter pilots, uh, these Polish fi- fighter pilots, their families are are in the balance. That the uh, status of the uh, underground movement of the resistance is uh, it's it's again also hanging in the balance. And like and all
1: these characters from the theater that we care about are, are potentially going to be killed too in the film. So mm-hmm. that's another right, like yeah. Maria Tura, mm-hmm. Joseph Tura, these people that we that we that we've grown to care about at the beginning of the film
0: yeah exactly and so just like not I'm not gonna skip ahead in the plot but like t- to underline this like solitsky does get killed he dies on stage he get like that's because that's what ends up happening later um, through some you know excellent uh, <laughs> trickery of the of the Nazis um, And so the stakes are are legitimized. It isn't like we don't just have these uh, 20 minutes where things are really serious and then they're like light and fluffy again. It's uh, this guy, really he really does get killed. He he gets murdered and and, and, kind of comes back in the plot. So anyway, uh, when, as you say, when uh, Stanislav uh, gets into uh, Warsaw after being chased by the Nazis, uh, he tells Maria of the, like, this happens off- Camera. And you have to infer this um, as an audience member that, like, because you see him kind of head down a dark alley and he gets chased by two Nazi officers, and then you hear gunshots. And the next thing you see is Maria uh, Chura, who you know from earlier, in a bookstore carrying out the um, sort of spy plan that Stanislav was supposed to. He puts a picture Mm -hmm. of Solitsky in a copy of Anna Karenina at the specific bookstore to alert the uh, underground to, like, the problem. And so. She heads home, where Stanislav is in her bed, and uh, Joseph Tura, her husband, comes home to see a man in his in his bed. He doesn't know who he is, but then
1: he doesn't know who he is, right? But
0: then he recognizes him
1: and, he and connects then, it to you're the guy that's walked out on
0: exactly. You. And what he does, right. but he 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 puts he presses his his body against the wall, and he just says. To be or not to be. And Stanislav, in his sleep, gets up and he puts on uh, Jack Benny's slippers and he just walks away. And he's right. like, right. so, like, it, he just, like, so that's all he knows. Like, so he, at this moment, Truro hasn't put together that that guy was leaving to go, have, like, have an affair with his wife or something. Like, he, he has no, all he knows is that the man who walked out on him several times while he was performing the you know the greatest play uh, in the Western Canon is now in his house wearing his slippers. <laughs> like that's oh, all that he knows about. Yeah. And so then Maria comes home and they don't explain the situation to Chura. They just say that Solitsky's here. and then they keep like it's this thing. it's like, yeah, but we did that because of Solitsky. and it's all very confusing. And as a, an audience member, like you, you understand prob like you understand more than uh, Than
1: Joseph Tora.
0: Yeah, than Joseph Tora, you understand more than Jack Benny's character, but you not that much more like you're not really not cuz not right. he says right. he's going to kill Solitsky and you don't really know how that's going to happen. Right. And yeah. so anyway, what does happen is that they because th- so a lot of the film plays on um, like ignorance, I think, and 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 also in bureaucracy and also assumption that like a- Everything is just working out the way that it should, and so the uh, and that all goes back to the idea of the copy is that because they were doing this Nazi play earlier, the, all of these actors um, who are you know some of whom are members of the underground or you know or at least sim- are obviously sympathetic to the or cause, sympathetic but, to it. Yeah, right. they right. dress up and they trap solitsky basically into coming to the theater instead of going to Gestapo headquarters
1: where they get the list of the members of the underground that Solitsky was going to give to the Nazis. Exactly. So that's the big that's the big thing. And then they kill him mm-hmm. after he has an exchange with Jack Benny playing <laughs> the Nazi colonel, colonel... Erhard. Playing Colonel Erhard, yes. right? Yes, yes. And, and when Solitsky figures out that Tura is, is really playing Erhard and isn't Erhard himself, he starts to get suspicious, mm-hmm. he, and then he he tries to run away and they have to they have to kill him. Mm-hmm. And then then that that sort of unleashes the whole the main the denouement of the film, which yes. I you know I don't know if we want to I guess we can totally reveal everything. Well, we it, could, well I, no, have, I was actually going to say I think No, we, I think you have to have seen the <laughs> film or the, what we're going to say is not going to make <laughs> sense probably. Right so,
0: there. yeah, okay. So, after um I guess yeah it works like this. So uh, after Solitsky has been killed, the problem is that he had two copies of this list he was going to give to right. the Gestapo. He had one that he took with him to fake Gestapo headquarters and then there's one that's in his room at real Gestapo. Real Gestapo headquarters. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs>
1: so they have to break in there and then and then Solitsky has a thing with Maria Tura that you know that she has access there mm-hmm. but she can't necessarily get out right. and so mm-hmm. and then Joseph Torajak Benny plays the dead Salitsky, <laughs> and then he goes to see Colonel Earhart. The real Colonel and that, Earhart. Yeah. The real Colonel Earhart, which who he had impersonated earlier. <laughs> not knowing then, who he was, to be clear. Not knowing who he was, yeah. right. And so then that kind of unleashes everything. and then But every time they solve the problem, they don't recognize that they've solved the problem, yeah. other people, and that mm-hmm. introduces a new problem. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the main sources of the comedy, I think, that yeah. that they... that that at the every time they think they have the solution some, they undermine their own their own, their own solution. solution
0: yeah, yeah. um yeah. i think that that's until
1: finally they do get out finally they do escape by the by the guy who who plays hitler in the end convinces at the very end of the yes. film convinces Colonel Earhart that he really is Hitler. Convinces a real,
0: it's many Nazi officers that he really is Hitler. Yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah.
1: And that's what allows the Touras and him to escape to, to London.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So I think that's like a fine, I think that's a fine summary. Of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so let's, let's talk about, I mean, we, uh, I want to, I want to start with you cause I did a lot of uh, summarizing. So like, like the idea of the copy, like, um, you know, identity, like, you know, where, where do we want to, you know, no, the idea of like the, like, does, do the great comedies like, uh, you know, like this in Strange Love and Great Dictator, like, does it have to begin from the standpoint like the worst has already happened? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's like, an
1: interesting... Yeah, I like that idea that there's... That there, certainly comedy isn't a retreat from the the horror of existence or the worst parts of existence, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. that's... I think that has to be true. But I like that idea that the, that the comic isn't separate from the serious. It's yeah. like a way to engage the serious. But I also think it's interesting, those, the certainly great dictator and this film, we see this split of identity, like yes. the, you know, in great dictator, it's between the, the Jewish barber and Hinkle. And, mm-hmm. and in this film, it's between, you know, it's the way in which each like er, there's two versions of Solitsky, There's yep. two versions of Colonel Earhart mm-hmm. and, and there's two versions of Hitler sort of, we don't, I don't think we see the real. No, Hitler, no. But, the, um, you
0: see from behind his head.
1: It's from implied. behind. Right. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but, but what's nice is I think that the copy gets at something, gets isn't copying the actuality of the original, but mm-hmm. is copying the way in which the original there's something missing in the original. Right. And that's what the copy is articulating. So there's a way in which the copy, Tells us more about the original than the original can tell about itself,
0: right? Yeah, that's fantastic. That's like, you yeah. know what? I, I wonder. I wonder if you would say this. Isn't that why, like, um, like Dana Carvey's uh, impression of uh, George H. W. Bush is so good? Like, it's not actually how he talks.
1: He no, it's not accurate at all. He, but it kind of gets at yeah. something that he's. That it's missing in the way he talks. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. He never yeah. said
0: anything would be prudent. Like he never he never said that one right, time. You know. Right, but right, you right. see, it's like yeah, that's 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 Bush. <laughs> like
1: that's yeah. Right, right. It's it's more him than he is. Exactly. Right? Like yeah. I mean yeah. I think to get to like there's some kind of thing that's sort of. I think the way that Lacan talks about is it, something that's in you more than you. Yeah. Some kind of like like thing that is something that's extimate to you. That is that it's, it's, it is most you, but it's something that you don't have control over and that's, right. and that you never actually instantiate. Mm. Right. And so the comic, it seems to me, in, at least in the case of this film, it's, it, it, that's what it apprehends. And, and, and by bringing it to light and, and sort of what's funny is often that, that you get the conflict between, you see the two things put side by side, right? Like the, mm-hmm. both the, this, excessive thing of the original manifested in the comedy and then that gets compared right back to the original
0: absolutely yeah right yeah. like
1: and then so then the original ends up copying that i think the best scene about the best way that this happens in the film is when uh the real joseph Z- torah yes
0: so yeah yeah i guess i would set it up this way when the real solitsky goes to see joseph Tura playing. Erhard. Colonel
1: Earhart. Right. Colonel Earhart.
0: The real Zalitsky tells him, you know, they, have, they there's a thing they say about you. They, they have a nickname for you in England. And he says, oh, what's that? They call you Concentration Camp Earhart. And Joseph Tora, playing a man he's never seen... Really has no idea what to do. He just says, so they call me Concentration Camp Earhart.
1: All right. It, and he also is trying to stall for time. He's, so he's, exactly.
0: Yeah. So he... because He they, doesn't
1: know what to say. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah they don't know how they're... Because they, they find out there's a second copy of this list that they don't have right. just... So they can't just kill him and they don't know right. what they're going to do. So he has to stall for time and he just keeps saying, so they call me Concentration Camp right. Earhart.
1: He says it like five times. Five probably, times at right? least. And right. then... And then yeah. Go ahead.
0: Oh no. Well, so then when Tura plays fake Solitsky because he's fake dead, Selitsky. but they right. need to maintain that he's not to c- continue to uh, to, to pre- prevent the list of uh, names of soldiers, families, and like the underground. Like you know, he has to keep up this fiction. So when right. he goes to see the real Colonel Earhart and he tells him, he tells him that you know they have a nickname for you. In England. And he says, oh, what's that? The real uh, Colonel Earhart. And he says, they call you Concentration Camp Earhart. And he says, like a bumbling buffoon, like multiple times, so they call me Concentration Camp Earhart. And right. um, Chura, playing fake Zelitsky he says, you reacted just the way I thought you would. <laughs> <It's Right>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great line because it shows that he anticipated what didn't exist yet. Yeah, in, yeah. In... Colonel Earhart and yet like it's in the film by giving us in this temporality the film makes it seem like Earhart is actually copying the actor playing him yes and to me I thought that was real to me that's the great thing about the film it's Mm -hmm. like we're like it gets comedy showing that we're when we play our we have to play ourselves right like that's the that's the what's I think yeah. that's what's really great about that's a it, very nice and it, point. it shows that people are playing themselves. And when confronted with this distance between, you know, the copy and then what we think we really are, that that distance is, is pretty is is the source of the comedy in the film. Mm. Right.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like at, at at multiple points too. Like I mean, it, it's it's excellent at the at the end, as as you say. Like there's. Um, there's you know to get they they almost get everybody out of Warsaw, but um Ritura is in her own uh bedroom or her own apartment and she, with Colonel Earhart, and it doesn't seem like there's any way.
1: That, that they can get her out.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because also, uh, yeah, anyway. and Well, Jack
1: Benny has lost his, Joseph Tour has lost his beard. So he can't So pretend. he can't play Solitsky he anymore. He can't
0: pay, play Solitsky. Also, they know Solitsky's Or no, dead. no, he wasn't he
1: playing le- Solitsky. He, le- he lost his mustache. His
0: mustache. Yeah. So, right. and then the guy who's playing Hitler goes up to get Maria. And Earhart realizes this is her... This is her other boyfriend, who she won't tell. Her other
1: him. boyfriend is Hitler, right? Yeah, right.
0: and she runs after him saying, Mein Fuhrer, Mein Fuhrer. And you can almost, it like, I don't know if this is true, but it almost looks like it's taking everything and Carol Lombard not to laugh, like, right. through yeah. that line. Yeah. She said, actually, this is true, that the, that was the most fun she had doing any movie.
1: Oh, uh, well, that's that's great. I yeah. mean, usually, it's, it's don't you think it's... It, how much fun people have making a film doesn't necessarily translate into a good comedy. Does, no, but no, it,
0: it doesn't. But,
1: uh, in I, fact, I, it th- often I think is the opposite. But... Yeah. Which is why... Do you know that this is a famous story, but Kubrick was going to end Dr. Strange with a pie fight? Yeah. And he shot it, and he said they're just having too much fun, and he goes, watching people have fun is never fun.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: So, which I think is true, but I'm, I'm glad that Carol Lombard, especially since it was her last film... Yeah. Um had fun making it and it i mean you know, it looks like that, but I, again, I think that's often deceiving. Well,
0: yeah, so. I mean, there's a different way, right? Like, you know, watching people have fun in the pie fight, like it, like that, undercuts, I think, a lot of what, l- a lot of the 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 comic situation that that Kubrick had uh, like cultivated so masterfully right. in that movie, yeah. like that totally undercuts the seriousness of everything. Like, it undercuts the stakes. Like, like having an, an argument about like what to do, like then, like I think then discussing like if there'd be like a mine shaft gap, you know, like that's right. that's a lot it's a lot funnier because it's like okay all right so the world's going to end let's h- how can we make a bit of money off of this like um, right. you know like like right. how can we how can we make this profitable and and they're you know th- that's what happens in at the end of uh, strange love and then yeah, absolutely. peter Sellers absolutely. can walk so yeah. yeah so that it's it's much better um, but i think that it is like a little it's a little fun like you can tell that the actors are ha- like it's almost like the actors are having fun like the actors as actors in the movie are having right. fun putting one over right. on the Nazis, like, and yeah, they almost yeah. they almost need it because what they're doing is so terrifying. So rather than right. I think undercutting the seriousness of it, I think it adds to it. Uh, it
1: adds to it in yeah. this case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think so. I, th- I think my favorite um, point of this lack of self identity is where Joseph Tura is playing. Solitsky at the end. He's been captured. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know he's been captured, but they've they've uncovered that the real Sol- they've shut they've un- uncovered the dead body of the real Solitsky. Mm-hmm. And they put it in a room. And so Tura comes to, to see Earhart ready to leave right. Germany, or ready to leave Poland mm-hmm. and go back to England. Go to England, I should say. Mm-hmm. And and Earhart puts him in this room with the dead Solitsky. And then you know, he just he waits in there and then what he does is we don't see him do this mm-hmm. though, but he looks at he looks at Solitsky and then he has an idea that he has a extra fake beard of his own. Yes. And so he shaves Solitsky and puts the fake beard on him <laughs> in order to convince <laughs> convince Earhart and the other Nazis that he's the real Solitsky. And right. so they're convinced that 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 uh tura has killed the real solitsky yes which is really what has happened right but because he he convinces them like he they they say pull the he he conducts this kind of mock investigation of the of the of the of the solitsky who's sitting there on the on the chair dead yeah and and he goes should I pull his beard? And they're like, yeah, yeah, you have to pull his beard. He goes, Sorry to do it? He goes, I I just can't can't do do it. it. I can't do it. And then then they're like, oh, you could kill a man, but you can't pull his beard off. And so Colonel Earhart reaches down and pulls. And he, of course, thinks it's not going to be able to be pulled off because he thinks it's... And then when it gets pulled off, he realizes, oh, my God, I've made a mistake. And so it's this great thing that the beard... Of the real Solitsky, even though, of course, the real beard was real. Yes. <laughs> in this case, we see the beard as the, even a beard is fake. Right. right? Like, right. even the beard of the real Solitsky is fake. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a nice thing about beards, right? Like, of course, in some sense, beards are not fake unless you, you know, stick them on like the actor does. Right, but in right. another sense, right? Isn't a beard, you have a beard. Right? I have a beard, yeah. You have a beard. Like, isn't a beard, like, it's fake in the sense that you're, it's, it's like a thing you, th- I don't know. I mean, I had a beard once, and I thought, uh, I thought. No, I say
0: what you're about to say because I think you're totally right. Yeah. 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 That
1: I that that. Oh, I I. You know, I'll look good with a beard, or I'm the kind of guy that should have a beard, or something like that. Right.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. Well, I have a beard. um, Not necessarily because I think it looks good. I think it looks fine. But I think it without one, I look like a tall infant. So I'm meant to be like, so that's when I, I grew it at first. And now it's just a thing I've been doing. So when I, you know, several years ago was going to start uh, teaching, I thought I didn't look, I didn't look like I could command any amount of authority. So I should have a beard for there to be some difference between me and the students. Because Oh, but, that's interesting. Yeah, but that, but it goes to your point, which is like the beard is the only difference between me and my students. Like that's, that's like at the time. Uh, and I would maybe even say, like, like now. Like, that's it. Like, oh, he just looks like he, he, he knows what he's doing, and, you know? So that
1: was really the decisive thing for you? That
0: was utterly. Yeah, I'm not saying it for this podcast. I've said this to many, many people. I tell my students this all the time. Like, that's why I have a beard, is so that I look like I'm older, because otherwise I look like a child.
1: Would it still be true?
0: Like, would I still look like a child? Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: I mean, are, aren't you old enough yet?
0: No, I don't think so. I think when... Uh, like I think I don't know maybe I'll maybe I'll not have it in forty years forty years yeah. that's pretty funny 40. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's ambitious yeah, that's optimistic it's <laughs> very very optimistic no I was gonna uh, say when I turned forty but I think it's better that yeah, I slipped yeah. and said that um, yeah, yeah but yeah no but
1: I, I I think that's I think to me that was one of the great points of the film precisely mm-hmm. because we think of the beard as so essential to someone's identity well you in know, the like mustache
0: of of Hitler right like that's where, where, right. where you know like and that's the
1: that's the funny earlier line when 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 the guy the director says to him you look just like a little guy with a mustache mm. and then then he says Hitler's just a little guy with a mustache. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, so then yeah. what yeah, so what is it? Like that's the thing like the um the 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 power then is is comes from like well, uh, you know, the 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 power that is evinced by the look of the person, it comes from uh it, it's it's large. I mean, it's symbolic, right? Like that's the Right.
1: Well, I mean, isn't it, is it symbolic or is it something about the f- I mean, isn't the film suggesting that it comes from just like some way that their um something in their in the way that their identity is sort of non coinciding with itself. This doesn't, this is too complicated to put it this way, but <laughs> some, some like it's in, in their particular, like absence of self identity, like something mm-hmm. that they're lacking. They're able to communicate that and make that, um, you know, connect with other people on mm-hmm. that, with, on that level. So I the, b- so the, f- f-
0: the facial hair in this case, um, like it, it is a concretization of this
1: lack in the subject. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so yeah. that it and that, that that it then becomes a kind of a, a, a point of identification yeah. for other people, right? Right, right, right. And then when yeah. you
0: and then when you pull it and it it's revealed to be fake, then like yeah. the the fi- yeah. the whole fiction is uh, is I mean the the fiction is revealed, I guess. Right? Yeah, and yeah. um, I mean, it,
1: yeah, yeah yeah the other thing that yeah, I feel like that's really great about the film that it mm. that it, it but it's not just the comedy of revealing the fiction. Mm-hmm. It's revealing that the true like the truth is modeled on the fiction, right, right. Like, the, like it like, the, that's what and that's what ends up being really funny that that when we get this kind of like exposure of mm-hmm. of the way in which the true thing is is itself a try- an attempt to copy. and I, I think it really like. I think it, would, it successfully undermines the whole, like, because it seems, isn't Nazism, and maybe this is why it has to focus on Nazism, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's such a, it's so committed to the authentic and the true, right. right? But not, I don't think the film is like this kind of deconstruction of the authentic as such, but it's trying to say, look for the authentic actually in the copy, yeah not in the original. Like, we need to find an authentic copy yeah. or something like that. Can I that, give my right?
0: Coca-Cola example?
1: Yeah, yeah. Why don't you? I love that example. Okay. Yeah. So,
0: um, so uh, when I was teaching um, the Man in the High Castle, the novel, um, a couple years ago, I that that novel is all about the copy, the, the 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 copy that. The copy that um, is more original than the original, that destabilizes the original, like you know, like this, it's exactly what we're talking about. And or it tells
1: the truth that the original is, is obscure in the original. Right? Yeah,
0: that's probably a better way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. so, um, and that's... Anyway, so I to kind of illustrate this, I came up with this example, um, and it's the uh, Coca-Cola. So we, in the late 80s, Coca-Cola... Um, had like they were nervous because Pepsi was running ads that they apparently didn't realize could be doctored, showing people being uh, like preferring Pepsi over Coke, and uh, they thought that uh, there was going to be a generation of like soft drink drinkers that preferred the sweeter taste of Pepsi. So they altered the formula to Coca Cola and it became New Coke and people hated it. I think, I think this is... Everyone knows this. Um, yeah. They changed it. It tasted terrible, it, by the way. It's... I, you know that, like, people think that it went... You, and, you
1: wouldn't know this. I is wouldn't this something know. something I know that you do not know. Ex-
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I, I know something you do not know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so the... People think that they stopped selling it like immediately, but you
1: were gonna say I'm not left-handed. I
0: am not left-handed. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> right, right, but they right. were selling it up until a few years ago, I think. Like they were. No, I know that. You're yeah. Right.
1: So you could have had it.
0: Right? One. No, but I. Yeah, but I. I never have. I. But right. anyway. So they changed the formula to what is they now? It just says Coca-Cola Classic, right? So everything's fine. They went back to the original formula. Only they didn't. In the process of doing uh uh new Coke, they out the sugar, and they, they use high fructose corn syrup because it's cheaper. And Coca-Cola Classic, which is modeled, which is supposed to be the original, uh, which has sugar in it, is not. It's not it at all. It has high fructose corn syrup. So that right. copy of the original is false. Now, where right. it gets more interesting is that the thing that is the original is a thing that in uh, everyday parlance, and even you can buy it in the store, it's what's called Mexican Coke. So you can go into a store and you can buy um, Coca-Cola glass bottles that have that's Coke with sugar, and it's typically referred to as Mexican Coke because in Mexico they make it with real sugar. So, the thing that is altered is classic coca-cola classic the thing right. that is the real thing it's mexican like it's this like oh it's made in mexico like it's this is cheap, foreign copy, this foreign yeah. copy, yeah. this like off yeah. shoot you know this like off cut or whatever that's actually the real thing you
1: can buy mexican coke in the united states
0: oh yeah yeah like um i didn't know that um does
1: it call does it say that on the can
0: yeah yeah it says that like if you went so i know this because of having you know obviously lived in in vermont but if you went to that um if you went to that Big Lots in Essex, yeah. they they yeah. have Mexican Coke and it says that on the um the, the wow. on the uh, wow. tag like the uh, the retail tag like on the on the right right under the item like when you go into the store. It says Mexican yeah, Coke. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. also in yeah. an often the if you get a six pack, it, there's often um uh Spanish uh writing on it like I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Well
1: that's a I mean that to me that's a fascinating example of the same kind of, you know, I mean so it'd be like that would be a comedy. That would yeah. be a that would be a to be or not to be that could be in to be or not to be. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Right. Yeah. Except just exchange Hitler for the Coke. For and the Coke. You, <laughs> you have it. <laughs> Right. Yeah,
0: because yeah. that's, yeah. Cause, uh, well, I mean, like, what what is, what is is Coca-Cola as a corporation? I don't, I don't think the... Right, I mean, yeah. They don't, yeah. They don't have yeah. a, enough to recommend themselves to resist that comparison, I don't think.
1: Right, <laughs> right. right. Although they, they make a good product, I have. That's French, true. Right? That's true. Well, like.
0: okay, well, you know what? I'm glad that you said that because this gets to a point in okay. the film that I want to talk about that okay. uh, goes back to something we talked about in the last episode about the... Uh, uh, if Coca-Cola makes a good product and we're referring to them as... Hitler, then the Nazis make a good product. Or like, this is what they try to say about themselves. And this, right. is, this is what right. Silitsky says to Maria Tura when she winds up at, at the hotel is he tries to convince her about the, the,
1: the, the humanity of the Nazis. Yeah.
0: The so. humanity of the Nazis that like, look, they just, yeah. they just want a better world just like everyone else. They, yeah. you know, they have pleasures. They, they love, they live. It's, it's like, you know, earlier in the film, one of the characters, um, is it's Greenberg, right?
1: Right. Yeah, Greenberg.
0: Greenberg yeah. says that all he's ever wanted is to 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 play Shylock in and, and Merchant and uh anyway, and he just carries a spear in Hamlet and then the yeah. Nazis take over and he doesn't th- uh, you know, they occupy Poland and he doesn't think he'll ever be in any play again and that it would have been a lot better to carry a spear. Right. And um and so he does Shylock's speech, like the famous speech uh where um was it uh Antonio does not have to give a pound of his flesh because right, uh, anyway right. so you know a Jew hath the Jew not eyes like you know right. like and and it's kind of like what Solitsky's doing is like an ersatz version of that like hath a Nazi not pleasure hath a Nazi yeah. not na-. you know and it's yeah. and it's like we said in the the our our fake news podcast it's like the Nazis are just trying to convince you like we're just like you we want what you do and it you know obscures the like it obscures like the the very real like yeah well, we're like you know we're putting people in concentration camps We're, like we're right. steamrolling countries right. we're killing people we're eliminating like those that are, we've decided th- that there are people who are different that get in the way of this uh, progress we're trying to make but other than that we're just like you are and and that's like the like this um, like it's a it's a it's a false humanitarianism right right, like, right. And, right. and and I and I right. think that that. Um, that copy, I, I think, is is also at work in this play. Like, it's a copy of the you know the very real um, universalism of what like Shylock says. I mean, that's why it's in the right, in the play, right? right? It's it's like like that's that's the position of universality is is the position of of, of Shylock the Jew, and particularly. It's interesting. To,
1: yeah. Like, I, I think that's really good. And the question is like, does the is the film able to reveal something about Nazism that? isn't otherwise apparent. Because it, clearly it's just, mm. it's it's funny in its own right, and yeah. I think that it, it should be valued for that reason. But I guess the other question is, is, is Nazism just occupying the position of, like, the convenient villain? Hmm. But I don't think so. Like, I feel like it's, it's, like, isn't Lubitsch really, like, this whole question of identity is, seems more central mm. in the case of Nazism and fascism than anywhere else, right? Yeah. Because... Because there I think you're I, I love the way that you say, like solitsky is really saying like look i'm I'm a certain kind of authentic human being, just like everybody else, right. and the like Nazism is predicated on that kind of that notion of authenticity i think mm-hmm. and if and if and if that gets undermined, you know like the whole this the the, the very the the essence of of, of the the great Nazi slogan, Blut and Boden, like blood and soil, mm. which they chanted in Charlottesville, I, I think. Oh, that's awful. Um, yeah. Uh, like that, that's all about like authentic, getting back to the authentic origin, right. like the authentic roots. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a real nice example of the contrast between like a conservative or reactionary project with like Nazism mm-hmm. and a kind of emancipatory one, which th- sees which sort of takes the side of the copy be- as the original mm, right like mm-hmm. it's it's almost like a nice a perfect kind of dichotomous opposition you know between between on the one side the film which takes this which wants to take the side of the copy as having priority and then this and then the nazi side as as wanting to insist upon the origin and and the its authenticity, priority. yeah, and the authenticity of the origin, mm, right, mm. right. And I, I, I think that Solitsky's little discourse to to Maria Tura is a, is about that same thing. About like we have this authentic origin too, you know. Yeah. Like, although he wants to kind of he he's kind of playing a like a almost like a multiculturalist game. There, yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. 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 Right. Right. And. um And and like, oh, I I like what, um, well, and the whole, the whole argument from the, like, the Nazis, like, I think it's quite, um interesting how it's like subtly tied in, uh, to, to capital is like the only way really that he makes his argument is that he invites her over so that she can have food that's been, and drink that's prohibited now. Right. You know? And, right. and so like, right. it's, it's a, um, like, look, we're really great. And then she, she says like, well, you've laid down some very convincing arguments on the table. arguments right Yeah. Right. And that's it. Right. It's like, it's only, it's argument by way of, um, I mean, of commodity and and and, and right. capital, but like only after it being like denied to everybody. Like, come on our side, we we're great because right. we're denying you like like the, like basic right. human yeah. rights. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. That that it it's like the path to a kind of like on the one hand, it's the path to this authentic roots, but then like the film exposes how it's just there's you know it's just basically corruption. Mm-hmm. Right, like yeah. it's. Like it's, it's a kind of license to be corrupt as well. Mm. Right? Yeah. No, that's, also, that's excellent. Yeah, go ahead. Go
0: no, ahead. no, I was going to say like, I like the, the word like, uh, like corruption because like it works in with the idea of the, of the copy in general, which is that like, um, Tura's, uh, Joseph Tura's like impression of Earhart, um, it, like we think is corrupted because like, how could he pot? Like, he's just this right. like idiot of a Nazi official, but it's like, it's accurate. And then his impression of Solitsky is likewise corrupted. Cause this man is dead.
1: He's dead. And right. uh, but, yeah, yeah, anyway, no, no, go ahead. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good point that the corruption, of the original, like the copy, is actually reveals more. So, yeah. like the corrupt Nazi is the Nazi. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. So, and that, yeah. That, and that's yes, exactly. And so that's how it. I mean, I guess to answer your question from a little bit ago, like that's how it. it that's how it comments on like.
1: Right. I, like I think it. It's important that that Lubitsch is not Spielberg, right? That yeah. Lubitsch yeah. is not just like the Nazis are just the generic bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is a real. That's a really dicey problem. I mean a dangerous problem, I feel Mm -hmm. like like when you reduce the like I feel like this is um I mean I, I yeah I feel like that's the it's the great Spielberg error, you know. The, yeah. Because why are Nazism. they bad guys, right? Yeah, why are they bad guys? Yeah, like I mean, that, that seems to <laughs>
0: cuz you don't answer that and then it's like and then you get then you get like Charlottesville and you get these and you get Trump. It's like, well, there's good guys on all sides. We're not
1: Right, we're, there's good guys on all sides, but also don't you get this thing where you can call a leftist a fascist or a Nazi? Like How do you mean? Well, like like isn't it like you can say about someone on the left that they're acting like a fascist. They're acting like oh, a, like you're acting just like you're acting bad. You must be acting. You're, hit, you're like see. Hitler,
0: right? But when you remove no, the nuance, when you remove the why, the, well, uh, or, or the, the,
1: polo, the political dimension, right? Yeah. Like, like, like I feel like you know, there's a lot of like. I feel like there we've lost this. We don't have the ability to to understand Nazism as a political. Movement, mm-hmm. and I think Lubitsch's film gets at that, yeah, yeah by the way right. that it comments on the copy and the mm-hmm. and the and the original. Whereas I think Spielberg's films don't get at that. Like, there's no
0: right. It's like too real sense of it's too yeah. evil. Like the, it's this idea that it's like, just it's, evil. It's too right. evil. It's, it's, it's just to, evil. to be understood. It's just it's right. pure it's pure power. Like it's in fact
1: in fact isn't there a isn't there a kind of almost Mm -hmm. symmetrical relation in in Raiders of the Lost Ark films between the snakes Hmm. and the Nazis? Like... like doesn't Harrison Ford? I hate snakes, I hate and snakes. then when he gets around the Nazis, I hate these guys. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like a similar kind. Of, so like they're almost like a, a naturalized evil yeah. in some sense, you know? right?
0: Like that's just always like with us, or it's like yeah. it's around us. It's just now it's it's been concretized in in Nazi form, and we, right. we don't have to think about about why right. it exists. It's just it's just uh, acting out this evil.
1: Right. And it's not the, it's not the result of a particular political project, Mm -hmm. which is what it is. I mean, look, there's a lot at stake for not understanding it that way. Yeah, I agree with that. Because, you know, like, I feel like it's, it's proximity to contemporary conservatism is, is, would be troubling to a lot of people.
0: And it's, and it's only, I think that's, I think that's a really great point. Like, it's only possible to... Like it's only, like I think like one of the ways in which it's it's possible for like some people to miss the out and out fascism of the right is that we have misunderstood or we have I should say like the fascism of the the Nazis like exact like what led to that fascistic rise has not been integrated into culture the, it's right, just the right. idea that it was bad and like you don't. You're not supposed to do this to people. Like, right. you don't do this. Right.
1: To- it's not interpreted. It's not interpreted politically. Yeah. I think that's the key, right? I think that's the whole key. I mean, plus, I would just say that there are a lot of. I mean, like, I don't think leftism is pure, right? Mm-hmm. But I do think that it's it can't be fascistic. Like, it yeah. can. Like, you can be a Stalinistic leftist, right, right? Right. For sure. Like, that's a good insult for a leftist, but you can't be a fascistic one. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think that that caused that's part of the political confusion. Mm. You know, but again, I think the film nicely sort of doesn't do that. It really it, it's a film where the Nazis should be the bad guys. Yes. And yeah. and, and that's a pretty rare thing.
0: Well, it it like yeah. it earns it. Right. Because it earns it, it, yes. I think because it came out at, when it did. And it, and I right. mean, and, and you know, you could have made a film at this time where the Nazis are the bad guys because the Nazis are the bad guys. But like it's just um, it's just very easy. To and and to get like um to do the like the Hollywood supervillain thing like why is that guy the bad guy that's well, he's the bad guy, right. that's it and right. then and right. you you lose the um you know the explicit like um well yeah as you keep saying politics and like like how it's actually like a project like it's it like y- you know and you also miss the like you know this was actually in in Germany this was a democratic rise to right. you know and and right. that like that should give people pause. And I think there's also this idea. I don't know if you've heard about this, but, um, there's, I think this speaks to what we're saying. Um, I think there's, there's something on the internet known as Godwin's law, which is that at some point, like that, that that in any conversation on the internet, it's inevitable that someone will compare someone to Hitler or (laughs) something to Hitler. Yeah. And, So this has now been interpreted like amongst like the internet community as like a a fallacy. Like if you compare anyone to Hitler, like you're making a bad argument. Right. And the, and the, the because
1: it's too hackneyed.
0: Well, it's too hackneyed. And I I think that there's the other idea, which is like what happened in Nazi Germany is, um,
1: it's so singular. Exactly. It It could never
0: be repeated. And that is a very dangerous idea. And that also goes hand in hand with not like, well, we don't need to show the political aspect of it. We don't need to show how it was a project that came from, uh, you know, a democracy because it's so singular and so evil.
1: Right. Right. Well, I would just to wrap to come back to To Be or Not To Be. <laughs> right. I think, yeah. isn't, it, isn't it singular in the same way? I mean, I feel like it's it it's fascinates me that it's so underappreciated. Yeah. You know, I asked, I taught a class of, uh, I don't know, it's 100 students or something, and I, not a single, they all, many of them have seen Doctor Strangelove, many of them have seen Great Dictator, but zero had seen To Be or Not To Be. Hmm. And I, I wonder if it's, bec- I mean, I think those other films are great, and I think. Of course. There are other great comedies, but it does seem to me like it's almost a repression of the, which is not true about dramatic films, right? Like, mm. like Citizen Kane. Most people, if they even if they haven't seen it, they know of it, yeah. And it's sort of acknowledged as the greatest dramatic film. But I think with To Be or Not to Be, there's a kind of repression of its. Maybe it's it kind of hits. It's it's a little too. It hits too close to something mm. that, that causes that, or I don't know. But but mm. it's I just find it fascinating that it it hasn't gotten the kind of attention that you would expect it to have i do
0: yeah i was thinking as i rewatched it for this podcast that like if people if people have watched this movie the way that they have seen some like it hot then i don't think trump would be president
1: like see i think that's i i think that's true and that that I mean, maybe that's giving art too much credit, maybe. but I I, I I totally agree with that analysis well, because it, it
0: installs like like to know this movie and to understand this movie to get why it's funny and to see what's going on. Yeah. It means it, that there, like of course, it's counterfactual, and I could never prove that. But like, right. it, but for it to be that popular, it, it would say something like different epistemologically about like right, the American condition. Right, right, right,
1: yeah. right, right. that's the whole thing. Like, yeah. in order for that popularity to even exist, you would, you would already have the conditions of possibility for like a Trump election would not be there. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's right. Although I do think also there's a certain, you know, I do want to speak for like the political impact of just watching the film. Mm. Like if you're open to what it's saying, like, like even when you laugh and you're like, don't you think something that affects you? Yeah. Like I think comedy affects people. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think,
0: I think the way that, the, the the way that, um, the way that, the film is able to use uh, Shylock's dialogue at, at different, yeah. at different points. Like when uh, Greenberg is captured by real Nazis at the end and he gives Shylock's speech, like it's both like it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's affecting, but it's also kind of funny because it is
1: funny still. Yeah. yeah
0: because they're like, it's so well known, but like, they're just like, it, it's clear that they're still just putting on a play. And right. and that like and so it, it, it carries both the it carries both the dramatic and the comedic dimension like at the same time. And I, right. I think like that, which is part and parcel of the film, you know, beginning with the worst thing that could happen, which right. is like, you right. know, Nazi occupation and the rise of Hitler right. and fascism.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Let's uh. let's sign off.
0: No, that's not what you say. You have to say the thing you say all the time. This is like the fifth podcast, and you got to say the same thing.
1: Oh, uh, sorry, Ryan. I forgot I was going to say good night and good luck, but no, instead no. I'll say. Oh, over and out. There we Ryan. go. All right, over and out. All right, thanks for listening. <laughs> okay, over and out. <laughs>